Entrepreneur on Fire, 682. What are you waiting for? Tickets to a rocket ship? Well, here you go and hang on tight as John Lee Dumas is about to take you on a wild ride. Ignite. Hiring? With ZipRecruiter, you can post to 50 plus job sites, including social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Post a free job at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Want to become a smarter snacker? NatureBox is always filled with wholesome ingredients and their products are nutritionist approved and sent right to your door. Visit naturebox.com slash fire and receive 50% off your first box. That's naturebox.com slash fire. Fire Nation in the house. John Lee Doom is here and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Shane Snow. Shane, are you prepared to ignite? 1,000%. Yes. Shane is a tech journalist and entrepreneur, founder of Contently and writer for Wired, Fast Company, The New Yorker, and more. His first book, Smart Cuts, How Hackers, Innovators, and Icons Accelerate Success, is released to the world on September 9th. Shane, I've given Fire Nation just a little overview, so take a minute. Tell us about you personally, and then we're going to chat a little bit about Smart Cuts. Thanks. That sounds great. <laughs> uh, well, so me personally, I grew up in Idaho uh, in a very small town and uh, had the entrepreneurial bug bite me very early on. And I think my life has been a series of escalating entrepreneurial endeavors uh, that took me uh, to a few different places and eventually here to New York where I decided I wanted to write about uh, entrepreneurs and startups. So I, I came to New York City, studied journalism, and uh and started writing for Mashable and then eventually Fast Company and Wired and these other places about tech startups until I uh, was inspired by these people doing these incredible things and, uh, and started my own tech startup that kind of combined my passions for journalism and storytelling with technology and entrepreneurship. So I'm kind of uh, the culmination of all of the things that I love uh, are sort of what I'm, uh, what I'm up to right now. And, and that includes the book, uh, which I you know, am eager to talk about. Awesome. Well, we're eager to hear it. And I'm pretty sure we covered the whole Napoleon Dynamite thing last time we had you on, Shane. So we're not even going to get into that. I mean, that's, that's, that's past history. But I do want to make that point, though, is that Fire Nation, this is Shane's second time here on Entrepreneur on Fire. For all you loyal Fire Nation listeners out there, you know that this is a super rarity. In fact, he's number 15 on our repeat scale of 682 episodes. So I'm not going to whip out a calculator, but that's a very <laughs> low percentile um, somewhere. I'm not even going to guess, but it's, it's low. So I'm honored. Yeah. <laughs> so if anybody wants to hear and focus um, on Shane's journey from before, and you're going to want to, obviously, after you hear this episode, uh, just go to entrepreneuronfire.com, type in Shane into the search bar, and episode 96 will pop right up. You can listen to it right there. He shares an amazing journey, a failure, an aha moment, and then what he was crushing back then. And you can see just the lengths that he's progressed even since that point, which is just outstanding. Um, but Shane, we're going to do a little different stuff today. We're going to talk about something that you've been doing a lot of research on, that you have a lot of passion for, and we're going to do that in just a minute. But before we do, you have a success quote for us. So take it away. Last time I was on, I think my success quote was uh, the thing that my dad always taught me, which was uh, don't just work hard, but work smart, um, which you know has a lot to do with, uh, with the book and, and everything else. But the, the quote I want to share today is, uh, 
It's the quote that I start out my book with. Uh, and it comes from a, a kind of unconventional place. It comes from Dr. Seuss's Oh, the Places You'll Go. <laughs> Uh, and it says, you have brains in your head, you have feet in your shoes, you can steer yourself any direction you choose. And I think that that is the epitome of what it means to be an entrepreneur. So Shane, you could have gone with any number of quotes um, to start your book off with. I mean, that's a pretty powerful place to start is the beginning of your book. And you know, for me, I'm actually doing a lot of research into quotes because I just launched, Shane, a brand new daily podcast. Yes, I know I'm crazy. Yes. Not only do I have one <laughs> daily podcast, I have a second daily podcast called Quotes on Fire, where I share a great quote from one of history's greatest entrepreneurs and then expound upon it. And so you know, I love... Entrepreneur Fire, because it gives me obviously a lot of fodder for this. But, um, you know, I, I've yeah. realized just the enormity of powerful quotes that are out there. So why did you choose this one specifically, Shane? How does this relate to your book and your focus? Well, first of all, you are crazy, John, <laughs> and in a good way. I love it. Well, so, you know, every everyone who writes nonfiction books, they, they have quotes, you know, to the start of chapters. And, and in, my initial impulse was to not do that because I didn't want to write a conventional book. Uh, but at the same time, there, I mean, there's so many, the whole point of the book is I'm talking about people who are smarter than me and, and trying, the whole exercise was an education for me itself. But I was reading a biography of uh, Dr. Seuss, uh, uh, Ted Giesel is, is his real name. And this guy was incredible. He was, I, I don't know, like, I, you know, you probably read the books as a kid and, you know, Green Eggs and Ham and all of that. And it's this cultural touchstone, Dr. Seuss is. But uh, but there's a lot more to him as a person than uh, than you know. There, his journey was was very difficult, and also he was kind of a genius, and he packed a lot of adult wisdom in you know his kind of silly, whimsical children's books. That I think uh, he was he knew a lot more what he was doing than I think people who just take his books at face mm -hmm. value give him credit for. Um, but you know the the book other places you'll go is is really about uh, finding your own way. You know, saying that ultimately, yes, uh, people are you know we have to stick together and we you know we help each other out. But at the end of the day, you're the one that make makes your decisions, and you know what you know, and you're the one who will decide where to go. I think that's like a direct quote. Um, and so, I actually there there's three sections of my book. Uh, I divide it into three parts, and each of those parts starts with a different Dr. Seuss quote um, that has to do with the, each of the sort of the next chapters. And the first three chapters are about this idea of rethinking the expected path. Uh, that there's, you know, we, we grow up with sort of the conventional wisdom of uh, sort of the, the course that's charted out for us by well meaning, you know, people in our lives or, or even sort of the educational system and all of that. And, uh, and kind of what his point in Oh, the Places You'll Go, and I think the point that a lot of the people on your show and that you make, John, uh, is is that those conventional paths are can be good if that's what you want. But by definition, if you do incredible things, you're uh, forging your own path and, uh, and you're going places that, that people haven't gone before. And so I thought that that was the perfect message to start out this, uh, you know, this section about people who have done this and what the results were and sort of how they they succeeded or didn't um, and, and what makes a difference. 
It's such a theme, Shane, over the last 681 episodes that I've done that when entrepreneurs finally stood up and did grab the reins of their own destinies, they stopped making excuses and they took responsibility for 100% of things that was happening around them. Everything. You're sitting at a stop sign, you get rear-ended, step up, be a man, be a woman, take responsibility for it because not doing so is not going to help anything. So when entrepreneurs have done that and it's been time and time again, Shane, that's really where their turning point is. And I just love that whole theme of that you are in control of your own destiny. I mean, in a way it's so freeing and at the same time, it's so scary because all of a sudden it's almost like being handed like the, you know, the, the steering wheel on a roller coaster that is like going a million miles an hour. But guess what? Scary is good in this world, Shane. And, and that's one thing that I know you're touching about. And I'm really glad you kind of gave us a real brief kind of brush over of these three sections and how you broke it up. But, you know, now let's step back and just start from the beginning. I'd love, you know, to first talk about the title and then talk about the tagline that you went with it. And then let's actually dive into the book and some real key takeaways from within. So first off, smart cuts. Like, you know, I love stories about titles, about podcast names. Like, I love that. Like, you know, Entrepreneur on Fire has its own special one. Where did Smart Cuts come from and why did you decide to make it your title? It's one of those things that, you know, the title came after most of the research, right? Um, I, I've been fascinated with this idea of, uh, of, again, finding, you know, faster paths. So, I mean, backing up a little bit to how I arrived at the title is, uh, you know, I've been writing about these tech companies and fascinated by how they're able to accomplish these incredible things so quickly. And the question I had was, why do you see such progress, such rapid progress inside of uh, tech startups, but not in, say, a government or maybe healthcare right. or law or, or some of these other places? And, you know, is that inherent to the industry or is there a different way of thinking that some of these newfangled tech entrepreneurs are, uh, are going about? And so I, uh, I liked that idea, but I, I also – so I guess what happened is I started researching – these companies because I wanted to make my company smarter. Uh, you know, we were growing our business and I kept writing about tech startups because in part I love writing and, and that's my passion. And, uh, and, and that's what, you know, I, I hope I can do for the rest of my life, but also in part because we were struggling and we were building a company and I wanted to learn from people who had done it before, you know, what their secrets were. So there's kind of an ulterior motive there. But what I did is, uh, at one point, I started making this list of what I call superlatives uh, in business. So I wanted to know not just people who had succeeded, but who had succeeded the most outrageously fast. Uh, so, you know, the fastest uh, billion-dollar companies, the youngest or fastest self-made billionaires, the youngest Fortune 500 CEOs. So I made this list, and I started basically doing Wikipedia research on these people, <laughs> just just kind of cursory research. And then that, of course, led to some deeper research and some interviews uh, but the turning point was one day uh, I decided to kind of make a bigger list of not just the superlatives in business, but I got kind of curious, well, what about the youngest Nobel Prize winner? Or what about, you know, the fastest rising people in entertainment or comedy or race car driving? And so I, I made this huge list uh, of, you know, several pages of just the fastest and best of every category I could think of. And I started researching those people, which was actually after writing about tech startups for so much time was actually ended up being a lot more fun for me uh, at that point. And I realized that there was a, you know, there are a lot of patterns um, in these people that, that do these incredible things, 
but there was one common pattern, and that was this idea of uh, rewriting the rules or sort of breaking rules that aren't rules. So you look at you know the fastest revolutions that were won, or you know the fastest rising leaders in uh, you know world history, and they do the same things. Their paths were very unconventional in the same way that a computer hacker or a tech startup or another entrepreneur you know in in the fashion industry might uh, might approach the industry um, sort of sideways. And so basically that turned into the kernel of the book. And uh, there's a concept in psychology called lateral thinking um, that's been around for, for a few decades. That's this idea uh, of if you, you approach a problem, most people approach the problem straightforward, um, little by little, step by step. Lateral thinking is about uh, rewriting the question and rewriting the assumptions that are sort of inherent to the problem. So example, I... This is sort of a long ramble leading up to the the title, but I promise I'll get there. Um, <laughs> the example that I use in the very first of the book is uh, pretend that you're driving a car on a rainy night and you're kind of in the middle of nowhere and windshield wipers are going like crazy and you see on the side of the road three people that are standing out there miserable in the rain and it slow down. The first one you notice is uh, is a friend of yours that saved your life one time and you're like, holy crap. Uh, they're like sitting there in the rain, but then next to them is a, a little old lady with a cane who definitely can't make it back to town on her own. And then next to them is the man or woman of your dreams. And this is your only shot to ever meet them. And, uh, and you're, you only have one seat in your car. Uh, and so the question is, who do you pick up? I don't know if you uh, if you you want to you want to venture. My gut I guess. reaction goes to the old woman with the cane. I mean, that's just maybe it's the military in me. I don't know, but that's where that's where my gut goes. But but you know what about the the man or woman of your dreams, John? I mean, this is your one shot. You know, I, I hear you, but I mean, I don't feel like I could live a happy life knowing that I left a woman to potentially perish on the side of the road. I mean, that's just kind of where my head's going right now. You have the right answer halfway. Uh, the answer is yes, you pick up the old woman, but then you give your car keys to your friend that saved your life, and then you wait with the romantic interest in the rain Woo! for the bus. See, outside of the box, I wasn't even thinking about that. So, you know, any of those could be the right answer depending on your rationale. I agree. Like, you got to help the person who needs the help. But you can solve that problem uh, and, and win all three ways. And the way you do that by... The, the thing that I threw in there is I said, you only have one seat in the car. So the immediate assumption is you can only help one person. Right. That was, that was right where I went. And, and the other assumption is that you have to stay your butt in your seat doing the same thing you're doing to keep driving in order to solve the problem. But when you reject those two uh, assumptions, you say, well, the rules, th- that's not a rule. That's just you know, how it was framed. I can get out of my seat. And what if I had to help them all? What would I do? Um, and then you come at the, you know, the lateral solution is give the keys to someone else. Um, so, yeah, so I, I love that kind of uh, sort of riddle or puzzle because yeah. it gets at this idea of sort of hacker thinking, which is, you know, uh, rewrite the rules and not in a way. So here's where the title of the book comes from. Uh, the answer to that question is not cheating. You know, there's no, no one's getting run over by a car. You're not sacrificing something, you know, ethically uh, to solve that problem. Um, and so that's where... You know, initially I wanted to name the book something to do with shortcuts. Uh, this idea of you know entrepreneurs or incredible overachievers—they get there faster. But I didn't like the word shortcuts because it kind of uh, can convey it can be amoral. You know, sometimes it's it's smart and sometimes it's great. Yeah, like it cut corners, people. like don't yeah. Corner, yeah. Buildings fall down when you 
you take shortcuts, right? <laughs> I was pretty insecure about this for a while, but uh, I don't know if it was too cheesy. But uh, in basically part of my uh, feedback process was I bounced this idea off a lot of people, and I did a bunch of split testing on Facebook of different titles. Um, and this was the one that uh, when I asked people, I did this interesting test where I would tell people a couple of the titles that I was thinking of and, uh, you know, and get their take. And someone would say, oh, I kind of like smart cuts. And someone would say, oh, it kind of sounds like a hair salon. Or someone, <laughs> Super someone, say, Yeah, exactly. Uh, but then the test was I would email them two weeks later and say, hey, you remember how I was telling you about the book titles I was considering? Which ones do you remember? And invariably, people remembered Smart Cuts. That was the one that stuck. And the, the other titles that were a little more generic, like The Smart Way or, uh, you know, uh, Rethink, some of these other ones that get at that idea of lateral thinking, people couldn't remember. And so that's how I, I mean, this is sort of my own smart cut to, uh, to coming up with a title that would resonate and that, you know, I, I wanted the things that I talk about to be lessons that people don't forget. Um, and, uh, and one of those ways is to, is to coin something. And so, uh, you know, we'll see if, if the world at large outside of my circle of, uh, <laughs> you know, of influencers uh, like it too. But, but that's really where the idea comes from. No, totally. And I will say that I'm a huge fan and follower of Jason Fried of Basecamp. And he recently wrote this article where he quoted, number one, when you're coming up with something, be clear. Number two, yeah, be clever. But if you have to get rid of one of those things, always get rid of clever. And so, yes. you know, the reality was is that you were pretty clever with smart cuts, but with your actual tagline, you were nothing but clear. I mean, you were short to the point, clear all the way through how hackers, innovators, and icons accelerate success. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, the fastest revolutions and, and wars won and all these other things. And that just kind of made my mind jump to Stephen Pressfield's new book, Lion's Gate, where he talks about the six day war. And I was just blown away by the business tactics that I actually learned during that very moving and intense book for sure, which is actually, I listened to the audio version of it, which was incredible. So, I want to talk about the tagline, but before we do, Shane, we're going to do a quick thanks to our sponsors. I was chatting with a good friend of mine the other day about nutrition. He was convinced that in order to be in great shape, you had to focus most of your attention on your workout routine. I disagree with him, stating that I believe that 80% of staying in fit has to do with the types of foods you're putting into your body. To give an example, I brought up some of my old snacking habits, which included snacks with high fructose corn syrup and trans fats. Well, with the help of NatureBox, I've completely changed the way that I snack without forfeiting convenience or taste. NatureBox offers a variety of delicious snacks like the Cranberry Almond Bites and the Whole Wheat Figgy Bars delivered for free straight to your door. Plus, they have strict quality standards, which means no high fructose corn syrup, no partially hydrogenated oils, no trans fats, no artificial sweeteners, no artificial flavors, no artificial colors. Visit naturebox.com slash fire to receive 50% off your first box, Fire Nation. That's naturebox.com slash fire. Are you looking to grow your team, maximize your time, and start putting systems in place that will help you run your business most efficiently? 
I know firsthand that growing a team isn't easy, especially when everyone's seeking out the best candidates. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 50 plus job sites, including Craigslist and social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. With an interface that's easy to use and that tracks all of your job posts and all of your candidates, you'll be growing your team in no time. Plus, it's easy to find your best candidates because ZipRecruiter.com will automatically highlight them for you. Try ZipRecruiter to find out why they've been used by over 200,000 businesses. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Again, try ZipRecruiter for free. You must go to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Okay, Shane, now let's focus on the tagline, how hackers, innovators, and icons accelerate success. Now you've given us an overview of how smart, smart Cuts came to be. Now do a dive into what this book was about, what research um, you learned from throughout, and you know how Fire Nation can really implement it into our lives today. Cool, yeah. So there's a few things in there, right? And I think you're absolutely right. The title doesn't work without the subtitle. Once you have the subtitle, then the, you know, the title sticks. Uh, what I didn't want to do is write a book that people thought was for computer hackers or about computer hackers. Right. So the mix of hackers, innovators, and icons is kind of this... Uh, I wanted to give the sense that we're covering a panoply of uh, incredible people and companies, but also that you know, there's sort of this danger when you write a book I, I've found or when you write anything, uh, even as an entrepreneur, of trying to do something for everyone and therefore doing sort of nothing for everyone. Um, but I wanted to write something that's applicable both to business builders and career builders. And, uh, and this idea of you know, learning from the best or the most unconventional and creative uh, in a variety of industries. Uh, I wanted to convey that. And so I, I'm glad that, the, that that came across clearly. Um, so, uh, you know, to your question of what's inside and, and what can we learn? Well, this was for me is it was really an intellectual adventure. I wanted to find out these things for myself initially, right? Because I, I wanted to do things smarter and faster for my company. Um, but also there's kind of this, this interesting element to... Uh, using the research in the book to help me make a book and to help me market a book, which is kind of the part that happens over the, <laughs> you know, the next little while, and maybe it never stops. Um, but what I did is I, I looked for patterns between these groups and these people, and I started out with some theories, kind of scientifically, I guess, a uh, hypothesis of, based on the stories that I've read and I've researched so far, what are the things that seem to be patterns, and how do I test out uh, whether those actually are patterns and what made the difference. But what I also did is, because the point of a lot of what these people have done is sort of rethinking the norm or the expectation, I I came up with a list of what are the common conventions or cliches or uh, the common advice that you hear in business. And I wanted to see, does that advice map to these groups that, like, yes, you can be successful by following the common advice, by following the established path, but these groups and people who were breakthrough successes, who did more than expected, uh, did they take the advice or did they take it with some caveats or did they reject the advice altogether? Right. So I started out with a a list of these common things like uh, experience and paying your dues is important in order to get to the top or mentorship is, uh, you know, everyone talks about mentorship, you know, and I've had great mentors in my life. 
mentorship is important in order to uh, to succeed or uh you know taking small steps for uh you know for innovation or you know creating a product is more powerful and faster than uh taking big swings or um, those kinds of ideas, also things that are you know very hot right now with the lean startup, like fail fast, fail often. And so, I took these and I mapped them to first of all stories in history, and then I started interviewing people. And I spent about eighteen months traveling and uh, getting people on the phone and trying to go after. Uh, it turns out it's very hard to uh, get Jimmy Fallon on the phone. The second chapter <laughs> of the book is about Jimmy Fallon, um, and so. People like that, like, are just really hard to access. Even if you have, you can drop, you know, like I write for Wired Magazine and I'm working on this book and it's being published by a big publishing house. Um, it's really hard to access these people. So some of them, uh, I had to basically interview everyone in their lives in an attempt to sort of ladder up to get the get the access to the person. In some cases, I didn't. Um, but in some cases, I did. Uh, so anyway, all of that is to say my research process was methodical based on, you know, asking questions, coming up with hypotheses, and then uh, it was a mix of original reporting, uh, research of, you know, through history books, and, and uh, academic research. So uh, I'll share one of them, the mentorship question. Uh, super important. People always talk about, you know, how you need a mentor to succeed. And uh and yet when you look at the academic research for mentorship, the thing that most people don't know, relationships don't result in success. There's all of these studies that, you know, throughout the last several decades where they look at uh, where businesses or government organizations uh, create these mentorship programs where someone who's experienced then mentors someone who's younger or, or newer. And, uh, and they look at the results based on, you know, future salary, future income, you know, future jobs, things like that. If you know, uh, I'm sure you've had mentors and, and in a sense, what you're doing is mentorship, you know, by, uh, with entrepreneur on fire. Absolutely. And I, I personally have had mentors that have really helped me out. And so in trying to reconcile the research with that question, um, and this is kind of, I guess, giving away a little bit uh, of one of the chapters, but, uh, that's all right. Uh, I basically, in this chapter about mentorship, I go through this journey of, uh, you know, trying to break down why that happens. And, and the answer it turns out is that formal mentorship relationships uh, actually perform very poorly, but organic mentorship relationships where the mentor is not in it just for the skill teaching, but in helping the person with their journey beyond the skill, beyond what they actually signed up for, is incredibly powerful and and has a huge accelerating effect on success. So for example, uh, you're in school or you're in your job and you get set up in the, a mentor that, you know, sits down and kind of ho-hums and, and you ask for advice on how can I do this better or that better. <laughs> That's just as good as Googling it. You know, one of my mentors at school was the same sort of thing, but I, I emailed this guy who uh, was sort of an entrepreneurship coach um, and he, uh, amazing guy. Um, I ended up, you know, meeting him at his office and he, he kind of looked around to make sure that his boss wasn't around and he closed the door and then we whiteboarded for an hour on my business idea um, and that was great, and that was helpful, but that's not where the relationship ended for the preceding or the, the following several years. This guy has been helpful in you know not only like my entrepreneurial endeavors and he invested in my company, um, but in helping me make life decisions. And you know, I've he sends me you know he had a kid and like shared pictures of his kid, and you know I, I've got to meet his family. And there's still one problem with this idea of vulnerable, deep mentorship relationships where you have the, you know, there's this thing in history, right, where, uh, you know, Aristotle mentored Plato and, you know, 
and Plato mentored Alexander the Great. And, right. and there, there's that pattern that you see in history. That's actually where I kind of started. Um, but the problem is there's some kid on the other side of the world that doesn't have access to Plato to be mentored and yet has just as much potential. And, and yet you also see these people uh, who do incredible things who don't have that person for them. Uh, one, of, uh, one of my favorite quotes, I'm going to butcher it, is uh, by Jay-Z where he says, we grew up as kids without fathers and yet we found our fathers on wax and in books and on records. And that gets at the, uh, the real idea behind when mentorship actually works and throughout history, how mentorship has accelerated success. As you look at the most incredible people in history and they are students of success and to the point where they become obsessed with someone uh, who's done what they're trying to do uh, to the point that they, uh, they memorize the details of the fabric of their lives. And so I won't give away how this applies in Jimmy <laughs> Fallon's case. Um, Ooh, but it, I, teaser. Yeah. It's, it's this incredible story with Jimmy Fallon of how he made it to SNL after only like a year and a half of being in comedy. And that's unheard of, just incredible. And, and of course he's now the youngest tonight show host in 50 years. And, um, but another character in my book, Elon Musk, you know, very famous entrepreneur. Yeah. Tesla, uh, Tesla, SpaceX, PayPal, this guy, it kills it every time. There's no doubt that it is not coincidence. He's not a, a victim of luck. Um, this guy knows what he's doing. One of his secrets is he reads biographies and autobiographies. His favorite thing to do, and one of his favorites is uh, is Benjamin Franklin. Uh, and it's no, uh, I guess, coincidence. You could say that Elon Musk, despite not having a PhD in physics, is this incredible inventor. Uh, because he is obsessed with people like Benjamin Franklin to the point that, you know, you memorize the details of their lives. And what exactly did Ben Franklin do? And how did he think? And how did he operate until, you know, Ben comes this sort of mentor from afar that, uh, that has helped guide his journey? You know, you, you think about, and, and uh, you know, I'm sort of putting words in his mouth based on, you know, on, on other, other things, but it's almost like what would Ben do in this situation? When you get to that point, um, then mentorship can sort of transcend this idea of an in-person relationship. So this brings me back to, you know, why work like what you're doing is so important is you have people who want to be entrepreneurs and they kind of do some cursory research. They'll Google stuff or maybe they'll join, you know, uh, an accelerator and they'll get some sort of informal or some formal sort of forced mentorship relationships. That doesn't necessarily give them a leg up. But when you really study and you really obsess and specifically, when you obsess to the point that uh, you feel like you've formed a relationship, that's when something magic happens. And actually, the academic research, fortunately, this isn't just sort of voodoo, the academic research bears this out. When you look at organic mentorship relationships, uh, ones that formed and ones that lasted a long time beyond a formal mentorship program, those ones have a huge lift in the future earnings of uh, of the mentee, you know, and their salary, their job titles, and even their success in life, uh, things like, uh, you know, like lower sort of criminal rates and, and those kinds of things. And, and so uh, anyway, so it's, it's a long story. But what I do is throughout the book is I explore in nine chapters, nine different sort of journeys like that about what makes the difference. Um, and at the same time, a little bit of fun, right? Like these stories of people that you know, but you don't know the story behind how they got there. And, the, and then, of course, how you can apply that to your own uh, business. 
Well, Shane, let's hold up on the second about mentors for a second here, because, you know, this is one thing that I think we really should try to apply to our listeners, to Fire Nation here today, because one thing that we do talk a lot about is platform and really building out, you know, a just a well-rounded business in so many different areas, you know, that work-life balance, you know, eating right, sleeping right, exercising, you name it. Like, it has to be the whole shebang. And, you know, I look back on my journey and it wasn't like the people that actually taught me how to press the record button and how to, you know, add silence into my actual editing and recordings and how to upload to media. It was like those specific like tasks, like I could have learned by Google. And, you know, of course, you know, that was an important part of my step to learn those tools. But the real value that I've gotten over the years from my mentors is the overall mindset and how to actually, you know, look ahead and listen to your audience and, and plan for, you know, whatever may come and, you know, really be thinking along those lines and what they've actually done for themselves and, and the relationships that I've been able to build through the relationships that my mentors already have in place. That's really been another kind of huge springboard, especially for me here at Entrepreneur on Fire. So those are kind of some things like that I've pulled out about what your research has showed you with, um, you know, smart cuts. So share with Fire Nation just if you could, and we don't want to belabor this point any longer beyond this, but just, you know, maybe in like one or two sentences, like what would you want Fire Nation to kind of take away just in a quick summation of that entire kind of part of your book? So I think the first one is be wary of uh, formal mentorship programs uh, because they're they're less likely to work. But what you want to do is you want to find the person or the company or the, I guess, the icon that has done what you're trying to do the very best and get obsessed. And that that obsession beyond just what they do in business, but also what they do in life is, uh, is what's going to, to move the needle for you. Uh, the one other example I'd give is uh, in the book I talk about the second African-American shoe designer in America. This guy is amazing. And he had a really hard journey in breaking into an industry that, you know, at the time was not very, very, uh, very integrated. And his uh, mentor was a dead man named Jackie Robinson, the baseball player. And uh, and I talk about in the same way that just by learning how this man out how those applied to his own trials in, the, in a very different industry. So I think what you want to do is you want to seek that out, whether it's from people who are alive or dead, um, and, and go beyond just the tactics, but go into the psychology and, and what they do uh, to live their lives. Uh, and if possible, try and get that in a real person, in a, in a live person too. So Shane, your passion for this subject, your passion for this topic, obviously your passion for this book in general is incredible. I mean, we're already at the 32-minute mark for this interview um, of just us chatting because, you know, you just have so much fire and, and excitement to share. And so, you know, I'd, I'd love to continue going forward. I know you have a lot more, but the reality is everything um, that you're going to be sharing with Fire Nation is in the book, Smart Cuts, which comes out on September 9th. So Fire Nation, go ahead, check it out. I saw that it's actually already up on Amazon as we're speaking right now. So get in there, um, see what's going on. And and Shane, maybe do this. You know, you, again, you learned a lot from doing the research, from talking to people. Give Fire Nation just one last takeaway that your research kind of culminated to that you think is really impactful for our listeners, for these entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, sidepreneurs, small business owners that we can really look to implement in our lives. 
build a small business and you can work 24 hours a day building something small or going after a small dream, or you can do put the same amount of effort and work 24 hours a day towards something huge. And if you go after big things that are important, that are massive, that are game-changing, it paradoxically ends up being easier. And, and I'll tell you why. The reason is because big dreams and big missions and big ideas generate the kind of support that, uh, that you need to be successful as an entrepreneur. They help you get employees. They help you get partners. You get investors and they help you get customers. And uh, I guess I like to say that it's easier to start a riot or a revolution than a successful lemonade stand. And that's because... <laughs> People are indifferent about lemonade stands, but they're very passionate about revolution. And so uh, that advice I would give to the Fire Nation, that whatever you're doing, expand your way of thinking, uh, get outside of the car, give the keys to someone else, and think about how you can do not just you know 10% better, but 10 times better. And that that, uh, ironically, will help you uh, succeed and, uh, and get there faster than uh, or just as fast than if you go after the small thing. I love it. I mean, Shane, to kind of give, you know, even Entrepreneur on Fire as, a, as an extreme example, because, you know, a lot of our listeners are familiar with this, but, you know, I could have listened to my mentor and I could have listened to my podcast mastermind leader, both of whom were incredibly successful podcasters when they said, John, don't go that big. Don't, don't do a seven day a week podcast. That's just not going to work. Just do the norm, you know, create that lemonade stand and just sell lemonade. You know, don't try to start a revolution with this kind of like crazy format of seven days a week. You're just, you know, you're going to kill yourself and you're also going to, you know, going to burn out your listeners. Well, Shane, I knew that if I was going to do this, I was going to go big. I was going to do it all the way. You know, here we are 682 episodes later. I'm opening up, you know, I'm starting another daily podcast, Quotes on Fire. I'm actually starting a daily video um, on YouTube as well called Mornings on Fire. I mean, you just can't put out this fire, Shane, now that I've gotten this revolution started. So Fire Nation... Listen to Shane's words, listen to his research, listen to the feedback he's gotten from other successful entrepreneurs in so many different fields and start your revolution. Go big. And you know, it's a corny quote, but it's one that really resonates. You know, if you shoot for the moon, even if you miss, at least you're amongst the stars. And that's where we all want to be, Fire Nation, is amongst the stars. So Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And you have been hanging out with Shane and myself today. So keep up the heat. And Shane, Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to everything that we've been chatting about at eofire.com. Just type Shane in the search bar, episode 96 and 682 will pop right up. And Shane, thank you for being so incredibly generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. All right, right on. Fire Nation, is it time to monetize your podcast? Join me for our free live podcast workshop every week where I share the top eight ways to monetize your podcast. Visit podcastersparadise.com to grab your spot today. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 